As beneficiaries of UMS Wright, we want to understand those who are before us so that we can help those who follow after. As told through the eyes of supporters and faculty, students and grandparents, we know this podcast will help all of us understand how and why UMS Wright has been so successful. This is The Right Way. Excited to welcome all of you to our listeners again back to another episode of The Right Way. And I'm going to tell you, this, is, this has been something that uh, has been such a treat for all of us. And I've had such a good time really kind of getting reacquainted with so many people who have been so influential in the history of Julius T. Wright and UMS and UMS Wright. And man, today, uh, again, it seems like every time we introduce someone, I, I tell you, we have a very special treat, and I'm going to tell you that again because I really believe that we do. Today, we're going to sit down with what, to me, is one of the legendary members of the UMS Wright staff, Molly Crown Nordman. And, you know, Molly, just to kind of give you a little background on her, and we'll talk about some of these things, but Molly, a 1976 graduate of Julius T. Wright, uh, she uh, and her husband, Rudy, uh, have a daughter, Mary Herndon, at the UMS Wright class of 08. Um, Molly's resume is, y'all, it's, it's, in, it's so indicative of who she is. But uh, she was alumna of the year in 2018. She is indeed a member of the Athletic Hall of Fame in 2011. She's really spent her entire life either attending Julius T. Wright or supporting UMS at that time and now UMS Wright. I mean, she's just, she's all things this school. And so I'm, I'm so excited to welcome her. But you know, probably what she's most well-known for now, though she has a background in teaching and got her degree from the University of Alabama and then a master's from Spring Hill College. But, you know, she's been so influential as a member of the athletic department and what I call really the kind of the leader of the athletic department. She's uh, been performing a very demanding job as assistant athletic director, supporting over 13 sports, varsity sports, and then tons of developmental sports each year. Um, not only that, but she has an unofficial title of kind of director of alumni, uh, historian, if you will, because she, she is the one that we all kind of go to to say, hey, Molly, don't, isn't there some kind of connection between this family and this family? And, and invariably, Molly knows who that is. So, Molly, I don't know how great of a job I did in introducing you, but I am so happy to have you uh, be with us this afternoon as we talk uh, all things UMS. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. And you sent me this. I had this really long did you write this up? Did you type your own bio up? Because I can't go through all that stuff. You even have stuff that you did in high school. You want me to go through your high school awards? No. <laughs> well, uh, you know, when you when I got into the Sports Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. you have to answer all these questions. And so basically that's what that was. And then uh, Laura, who was the alumni director at the time, yeah. just kind of wrote it all up. And I think the same with the um, bio for the – Alumni of the Year. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, that's it's really quite impressive. And let's talk a little bit about that. So let's okay. talk about a little bit about being a member of the Athletic Hall of Fame. And I know, you know, if you go in your office, any of you listening who have had a chance to go by Molly's office, you'll, you'll see she has all kind of memorabilia in there. But, um, man, cheerleading was uh, not only something that you did, but it was also, you know, something that you, you kind of helped put on the map of UMS Wright, if I remember correctly. So, you know, I mean, that was important to you, the spirit of the school? Spirit of the school, absolutely. Um, yeah, I did cheer at UMS from 7th through 12th grade, mm -hmm. which 
back then was a huge deal. Yeah. Because we were at the girls' school, and we yeah. got to come over to the boys' school and cheer, and it was it was great. Um, and then when I started teaching here, I, it was like these children in lower school, they don't really know anything about yeah. going to a game and cheering with the cheerleaders and all that. So when I started coaching uh, middle school, they said, let's, I said, y'all get to do a, a lower school pep rally, which we had never had. Right. Wow. And so uh, I said, just follow my lead. And <laughs> it, I guess I did a good job because I'm still doing it. You are. I was say, I mean, follow the lead. I mean, you still do the lower school pep rallies now. And if any of you listening, if you've never been to a lower school pep rally, it is, it's a couple of things. First of all, it is, for me, a very difficult way to begin a Friday because, man, it is so loud. <laughs> it's so loud. But also, it does create in, in these young children, three-year-olds and all the way through 10-year-old. I mean, it creates in them just a true appreciation and love for UMS Wright, doesn't it? I mean, it's, you grow up with that. My own boys did the same mm -hmm. thing with Miss Molly leading that and <laughs> still doing that. I mean, where does that energy come from? I'm not sure <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and it's been very difficult since COVID. Yeah, that was, that was a whole... Uh, I, I really hope I can go back to the auditorium next year. It's just a whole different feel in the stadium. It, yeah. You know, with everybody having to be spread out, and that it, it's really the sound system out there that that makes it difficult. Yeah, because you know it echo, echo. I do. So, yeah, but um, it, it's fun for me, and I enjoy it. And you know, I guess you know, once a cheerleader, always a cheerleader. I'll tell you what, you have certainly done that, and you always. I'm reminded, um, you, you know, you have some really famous kind of chants. <laughs> Right? I mean, we have some famous ones that you, you have made famous. We I think did. you and Mr. Lathan, Ed Lathan, kind yeah. of, what's that, how's that one go? Give me a little bit of well, that. Well, the one that we love to do that we can't do in the stadium or in the gym is when you start out, we are the Bulldogs couldn't be prouder. If you can't hear us, yell a little louder. And the kids love it. They get on the floor and we start out real quiet. And then we, you know, every time we do it, they kind of start standing up and they're just hollering like crazy. But we haven't been able to do it in two years. Well, that one's coming back. We're gonna we, that one's got to come back <laughs> in the fall this year. But you know, we, somebody goes, we, "We never do it." And I said, "Look, if they're in the stadium or in the gym, they're gonna fall." Yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that. It is so funny. And then you know, I get a, I get to watch as well. You know, you'll have the captains in there and those senior boys with the varsity cheerleaders and the band in there. I mean, what a better way to introduce our students to those that they look up to in all, exactly. all of those areas, right? And that's exactly. part of it, I guess. And, and the seniors, you know, they, they come out and answer questions with Coach Curtis or they say something silly. or, And then I'm like, y'all have to stay up here and help me cheer. And they're like, <laughs> whoa. And it's really funny for boys that weren't here in lower school. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, what is she doing? <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> I think it's so, I mean, I just think it's something that, you know, you, you developed and, and then we built upon. But, I mean, I, I think it's it really is truly the spirit of our school. And, and our kids come up loving that. And so I know they'll be excited to get back in Dunlop Auditorium. But, man, it is loud. It's loud. I'll tell you a funny story. One of the – this was years ago. Um, a little girl lived around the corner from me. She came to Halloween to trick-or-treat. And I'd been, you know, doing pep rallies forever. And when I opened the door, she looked at her – she turned around and looked at her daddy and said – this is where Coach Curtis lives. 
And I said, whoa. Whoa, I'm out. <laughs> it's not. Only go so far. That is really good. <laughs> you, you mentioned Coach Curtis. You know, you, you came to work in the athletic office uh, for Coach Doug Barfield while he was the AD here. And then, of course, you've been with Terry his entire career here, 20-plus years. Um, that's is, is that, does that that's not something that you maybe saw yourself doing when you first went to elementary ed, right? No, I didn't. I really didn't. Um, and when Dr. Havard asked me to make that move, I thought, well, you know, this will be different. And, mm. and he said, and you can still teach middle school classes. Mm. I said, okay, well, we'll see how it goes. But I don't know how I ever taught three middle school classes yeah. and did this job. It just has ballooned over the years. Yeah, it has. It's like every other administrative job, yeah. you know, the, this top-down approach of having – you know, kind of one person that can manage. I mean, I just, um, good luck to anyone that can do that. I, I couldn't imagine what Jim Wishon and the rest of the athletic directors before him. I, I can't imagine. I mean, there weren't computers, so yeah. it was all paper. Do you know who held that position before you? N- nobody. It's not quite true, Miss Historian. I think you missed out. I missed out. I get a B. You get a B. Who was it? It was me. Oh. Well, huh? I knew you. I mean, I'm just saying, I was. Did you have to do all that paperwork? And all I, that? I, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding, but I had that title. But no, I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I was just Wish On's assistant when I first came back after I left, which I meant I just that. carried the money boxes everywhere. So I didn't oh. do anything that you did. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I mean, I kind of set is. the bar high, didn't you I? Very, you really did. <laughs> Obviously. Well, um, when the, that summer when I was supposed to start working, um, I came in and Worked with Jim Wishon one day, and we were doing trying. He was trying to show me how to do the football, you know, get the football program ready, yeah. that kind of stuff. And the next day, he didn't come to work. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, he didn't come to work, and I'm like, I'm sitting upstairs. We have that office upstairs yeah. where Allie and them are, and and I, I finally found out that he was going to be running a uniform <laughs> store. Now, somebody told you? <laughs> yeah, somebody just finally told me, and I was like, oh, okay. And then they said Coach Barfield was going to be here, and I was thrilled because I had known Coach Barfield as a little girl when he coached mm-hmm. my brother. That was that was such a unique experience to get to work for him. What oh, an man. incredible gentleman! I just talked to him the other day was his birthday. Oh yeah, the day before your birthday. Yeah, there you go. So I called him. We 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 still keep in touch. He he was um he's amazing. He is is uh, just an incredible resource, and you, you know and and you know you talk about Coach. I haven't seen him probably in a year and a half or so, but. You know, you could I, I could see him today, and it would be like I just left, walked out of his office. That's the kind of relationships yep. that he developed as the AD here. And so you were with him for how, how long were, were you with him? I mean, four years? Um, no, ninety seven, fall of ninety seven until I think he retired in February, January or February of two thousand one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So he was. He was uh, the AD responsible for bringing Terry Curtis yes. to as the head coach, and Terry actually came on in '99, spring of '99. Spring of '99. And um, I'm testing you, see. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm That's tr- why I was studying. <laughs> <laughs> so he Terry comes on, and then he he serves as football coach, and Doug was still the AD, and then for a very short time. Short time, but then you, you know, and it kind of gave Terry a chance to kind of get acclimated to the school, though he had a son, Kurt Casey, that had been here, but. Anytime you go into a new school setting, the culture is a little different, mm-hmm. you know. And then, so he's been AD, Terry's been AD ever since Coach Barfield left, and right. um, that's been a unique relationship um, with the two of you. I mean, y'all's your office produces a lot of things, man, and um, you know, 
that's been a good working relationship for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's one of my best friends. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's good. And, yeah. you know, we have disagreements, but that's okay. I, I'd love for you to have disagreements with him. That's kind of <laughs> one of my missions once a week is to have some kind of disagreement with him. We, we enjoy that in each other. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so you talk about that position, you know, and, and how much it takes to, to be the director of athletics at a school like ours that have, you know, we have so many teams that compete. Not only, you know, you think about high school, that's one thing because of all the Alabama High School Athletic Association requirements, all the documentation that goes into that. But then you throw in middle school, and then for us you throw in the Bulldog Athletic Association, going all the way down to elementary. I mean, it is. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But so so important. I mean, you know, we, we want those children coming up that, that are here, we want them playing with that UMS right across their chest, right? Absolutely. And, you know, intramurals, I think, are really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those varsity coaches getting getting acquainted with those first, second, third, fourth graders. Uh, sometimes, and, you know, some of them are just out there because it's an after, because they're after-school activities. But a lot of them really turn into athletes. Sure. So one of the things, our benefit. One of the things that I saw in – that I think I saw you do, I'm not sure where it originated, but – I just remember kind of one of the first times I saw this. I thought it was in the football program, so I just equate that to, to your work. But on the, um, on the profiles of the players, there's a listing on there of when they started school here. Yes. Is that something that yes. you, know, you kind of developed or came up with with a help? Or tell, let's talk a little bit about that. I kind of think Sandy may have mentioned something like that to me, and I kind of just took the ball and I, I thought it was a great idea. Because it shows people in the community that that our kids don't don't just come here for athletics. They're here because they want to be at UMS. They want to have that experience, and then when they get old enough, they want to be in the program too. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I just think it was a good way to show the community that a lot of our kids started here in K four. And I and I think that you know I, every time I see that I I, th- I just think it's I think it's speaks to part of the entire process that, you know, you're, you're not just an athlete here, you're not just a performer, or you're not, you know, you're not just a student. I mean, all those things go into to the mission of, of who UMS Wright is. Mm-hmm. Is that UMS Wright mission something that you think about or have thought about throughout your tenure? Is it important to, to you? Absolutely. As a, but, I, you know, it's, it's like I already thought all that. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, I've been – not only been here since I started working here, but I've been here as a child because my brother went to school here and he's nine years older than me. So that was a lot when I was little. And then, um, and then being at Wright's and then being here, you know, now I, I just, that's the way we've always lived. My father never referred to UMS as anything but the school. Mm. And so the school was our what we looked up to and how we did our or looked forward or whatever. That's really neat. Let's talk a little bit about that because your 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 family history is really really kind of <laughs> cool. And you know I don't know yeah. if the, if, the, if everybody knows about that, but you know some probably do. But let's kind of start from the beginning of. Uh, I mean, I guess yeah. I know you don't have your nose. You don't need your nose. <laughs> no, I probably don't. Because um, you know everybody's gone, so I could just probably <laughs> say what I wanted to. <laughs> Good point. But I want to, I'll, I'll, I'll tell y'all the truth. Let's go. Okay, so um, 
at the beginning. Okay, so Dr. Wright married my grandmother's sister. And she was named Ethel, but they called her T. And I knew T when I was a little girl because she was still alive. But um, T and we called him Uncle Julius. Daddy always called him Uncle Julius. Uh, they, after my grandfather died when my father was about in third grade, they moved in with T and Dr. Dr. Wright in that one of those houses on Dolphin Street. And Daddy used to say, when Mary Herndon was little, don't let her get under your skin and don't think this is terrible because I lived with the principal of a military school, <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. But um, anyway, at one point when she got in trouble at school, she said to the teacher, do you know who I am? My, <laughs> my grandfather founded this school, and I was like, oh, wow. So Daddy had to take her son and say, hold on. <laughs> I, was, I like to come back to that. It was cute, though. Anyway, um, so um, my grandmother worked at the school after my grandfather died. Well, she had worked there as she was a, young, a younger girl, but then after she got married, she wasn't here for a while. And then um, she came back to work here when her husband died, and that's when they lived with Dr. Wright. And she was here until my brother was in like the Fifth, she, I think she taught sixth grade at the time. And when my brother was about to be in the sixth grade, she didn't want to teach him. So she retired. And the next year she was back and she founded the lower school library. And that's what she did in her later wow. years. And she, yeah. I can't remember the year she retired, but it was probably like 64, five, something like that. Um, but, you know, it was one of those things that I always felt like she worked her entire life. And when she retired, she just, it, you know, she didn't, last, she didn't last very long after she retired because mm. she was so into those boys. She loved those boys. Mm. And um, so that's kind of how we're all connected. And, and um, Dr. Wright's daughter, Rebecca, and my daddy, and Sherwood William... Bar, uh, William Sherwood Pape. Yeah. Okay. He when the when Doctor Wright died in 1931, uh, the UMS was going to have to close because Doctor Wright had like let everybody come for free. I mean, he just was. That's the way he was. They, yeah. You know, people wanted their boys to be in a military environment, sure. and and so he said, "Well, just let them come on." Well, you know, that means the school was in distress. Yeah, sure. And so it was. It was going to close, and uh, Uncle Sherwood went to T, his sister, and said, "If you close the GPS, GS, GPS, yeah, then I think I, can, I think we can make the school work." And and so he really is credited with saving our school. Right. And years later, when uh, back in two thousand four, when my father was about to die. And I went to him one day, and I said, Daddy, I went to an awards assembly today, and they give the William S. Pape Award, and, and nobody knows who he is. Who is he? You know? Yeah. So he told me all that. You know, he told me that yes. story and everything, and, and thankfully I... No kidding, right? ...was able to give that back. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, as, as middle school principal, I mean, I always read that award, um, and it wasn't until... You know, I remember having those conversations with you, and I mm -hmm. think you actually ended up rewriting the citation 
for that or adding to the citation mm-hmm. for that a little bit. Well, I just felt like, you know, his picture's hanging in there. Nobody yeah. knows who he is. And and he really uh, he, he really was a, a big deal. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and he was prin- – I, th- I, I think he was principal or head of school. I don't know. He, but he had one of those things. And then his son, daddy's cousin, young Sherwood um, – was the book was the business business office person for forty years? He retired in nineteen seventy six. So. Uh, and then your mom. And then Mama came to work in sixty nine here, um, and she was here about thirteen years. You know, and Daddy told me that the third the after nineteen eighty three. To 1991, when I came here, was the first time there hadn't been a member of our family. Wow! At school, either as a student or a teacher or a leader, staff or a leader. And that oh, that is amazing. I just thought that was so cool. It is. It is. What an incredible legacy um, to think about and to have the resource that you are to provide that. And, And again, you know, Molly has you know written down things are most important you know, writing things down and having that documentation. But it's also the reason why we do these podcasts. It's, <laughs> it, it really is. And, and it's kind of the premise of that is so, you know, we, we don't forget kind of where we came from so that when we make decisions, you know, we're able to do that with a, a sound base. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a chance to talk to Meredith mm-hmm. Jones, who's our counselor. I think y'all the same year mm-hmm. at Wright. Um, we knew, we've known each other since we were five. Isn't that crazy? Four and, or five, yeah. And I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's by accident that you two, you know, have the status and the positions that you hold in this school community. Um, because it is about, you, you know, it's a terrible analogy, but, you, you, you know, if it, those of us who used to follow sports, professional sports, you know, we, we, we loved certain teams because players played for those teams and, and because they were loyal to those teams for a long time. Of course, it's not that way anymore, which is fine. But I... I think of that with you, you know, that I just think there's a there's a connection, obviously a very deep connection with you and UMS, UMS right and Jewish T right. And that's so important for us to know and to to talk through. And it's cool, <laughs> right? It's, yeah, it's it, I, cool. I'm a historian. I love histories and I just think it's amazing. Dr. Wright had a um he had a summer home on Dog River. And it was right next door to where the Alba Club is. Yeah. And you had to go through the Alba Club to get there because it was a swamp, you know, on the other side. And after he died, his family kept it. And so, I, I mean, that's what we would do in the summer. We would go to Dog River for a month and mm-hmm. stay in the house. But uh, it's it's been torn down since, which is really a shame. shame. Yeah. shame. But a lot of that furniture that was in there, um, I have some of it. Uh, his, uh, Rebecca's grandchildren have some of it. And one of the things that they've called and asked me about. Barry uh, is my cousin that is uh, Dr. Wright's grandson. He said he would like us to have Dr. Wright's chair that he sat in. It's mm-hmm. the only thing they have left. But the big desk was gone. And anyway, they have this uh, chair. And so I'm hoping we can get to New Orleans and at some point bring that back. We can certainly do that. I what an incredible display that would be. Mm-hmm. It really um, would. And yes. it's a, I remember the chair was always by his desk in the, yeah. out on the porch. Do you think Terry would want that? 
No. You don't think he would? I mean, he might not sit in it, but he... You don't think, he, you don't think he'd want to sit in it? Probably not. I don't know that anybody would probably be able to sit in it. It's probably pretty old. I was just thinking Coach Curtis may want it. Well, he might. <laughs> Wouldn't be as comfortable I, as what he got now. No, he can't swivel around and stuff. Anyway, that's really, really cool. And that's something we need to do. I didn't... It didn't, is first I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got Mr. Darty here. He, he doesn't mind road trips. We can send him <laughs> down to get that. What... This is a loaded question, right? And it's not a right or wrong question. I just can you can you look back and look, we won't go all the way back to Julius T. Wright just because that's kind of unfair. But can you look back over your tenure at UMS Wright and is the school? Are you proud of where the school is? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we've come a long way, really. Um, and I loved it when I came here. I, I thought it was great. But it, the administration keeps making it better and better. And the alumni keep making it better and better. And it's just so neat that we have a place in Mobile like this where so many people have passed through and now their children or their nieces and nephews are here. And they're doing the same thing. And they all have so much respect. And that's what, you know, young people these days, sometimes they're not very respectful sloppy that kind of stuff and and we really don't see that mm-hmm. even even when we're out of school we really don't see that with our children um i just I, I i'm very proud of how everything has gotten better and better and better a lot of that's due to our leadership of course we've had some great leaders um i remember when sandy stimson took us on a tour before we built the gym mm-hmm. and that part of campus. And he said, one day, Mobile's, one day, this is pointed out to, towards the football field. And so he said, this is going to be the entrance to the school, not Mobile Street. It's going to be here. And we were all like, wow. And then it all evolved. And when he said he was going to run for mayor, we were all like, oh, he's, he, he'll, <laughs> he'll be great. <laughs> We've seen his vision. He knows what he's talking about. No kidding. So uh, it's just, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to be. I think that's a, that's a wonderful answer. Thank you for that. Oh, it was? Okay. Well, I mean, I think so. I just, you know, I wanted to just kind of, you know, it's important to me and, you know, for those, again, who call this home as far as the going to school here and having family, that 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 they're proud of it. You know, it's uh, that's that's important. You know, it's we want to we want to always make sure we leave it as good or hopefully better than than, than when we. When we got there, so sure. I think we've done that. Um, talk a little bit about Mary Herndon, class of 08, and, uh, you know, being able to see one of your children, ha- have one of your children experience a lot of similar things to what you experienced. Was that, it's pretty cool. was that rewarding? Yes, it was very rewarding. It was very rewarding. She, um, she was not a mini-me. She was in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did, she did play volleyball for a while, but she was, you know, she did her own thing. She, um, was on the yearbook staff one year, I think, and, um, she was a cheerleader in middle school. Mm -hmm. Um, but she, I I mean, I, what I see in her now is her qualities are pretty much what she learned here and at home, of course, but, but, um. I'll tell you a funny story. When we, when she was in K four, and we were sitting down to supper one night, and 
my husband said, Marion, you need to ask the blessing. And she said, Dear Lord in heaven, we father. <laughs> and we we just looked at each other. And she, you know, she knew it pretty well. I, I was kind of proud of her. But right. It was just so funny because, you know. I love that. But, That's um, perfect. But she's, she's, she's turned out great, and a lot of it has to do with her foundation here. Yeah, I feel the same way with my own children. I'm sure you do. The opportunity they have had. You know, to go through here and the experiences that they've had. Uh, you know, I was telling my wife a couple of weeks ago that, you know, they get to the age and they make decisions and all you can do is support those decisions. And, That's right. Um, you know, you you hope that you've done your job, I guess. I don't know if what it's, if it's the job, but but it's so, more than, so much more than just you, you know. And we hear parents say that all the time. You have them far longer than we do during the right. day. And, man, that's just, you know, as the words of Dr. Wright, that is a sacred task educating students absolutely and so you know as long as we keep those things in mind uh, I think we'll be okay but it's also Molly about you know hiring and onboarding the right kind of people and when I think about you know the the progress of the school I think about that and right you know where we are today and the kind of teachers and coaches we can attract is it's astonishing and it's refreshing Mm -hmm. and you know what is, you know, when you think about HR and human resources and having to make hires, sometimes that's people don't like that as far as leading. It's one of my favorite things to do because, and talking to his prospective parents, one of my favorite things to do because it's such an easy place to sell. And, and it, it just is. It is. And I find myself, um, I get excited when I talk, talk about it just because, and it's again, it's not because of any one person or one particular thing. It's it's the process is so good, um, and so we'll dig, dig, dig into that a little more. We we have um, we put thirty minutes in the in the books. Can you believe really? that? I've got a clock up there. Yeah, so we've done well. Um, I've enjoyed talking to you. We're going to come back and spend more time together and kind of dig into a few more things. We're not going to. Get a lot of Rudy conversation going out for, for all of you out there who are hanging on the edge of your seat wanting to talk about Rudy, but we may put a word or two for him in there. Bless him. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate all of you guys listening. Hope, uh, hope you're, being, you're enjoying this as much as we are. We, we're going to take a short break. You're going to be able to hear from a couple of uh, members of our senior class, which we love doing, and uh, we'll come back with uh, Molly Crown Nordman right after this. You're listening to The Right Way. So welcome back to the podcast, The Right Way. We're excited uh, to bring to you today. Typically, we we have our seniors uh, who we've been talking to throughout the, from January up until till now, but uh, they're gone, uh, getting ready for graduation and baccalaureate. A lot of good things going on, but they're they're finished with quote the school day. So we're going to take a few minutes to talk to Sarah Forwood, who is a part of our administrative team. Many of you may know Sarah as. A lot of different roles here. One as a student, uh, we had to, I had the opportunity to to have Sarah um, as a student when I was one of the principals, and then I was able to hire her several years ago. Came in and did a great job as a classroom teacher, and then we had this idea uh, based on the 2018 strategic plan of uh, really building our summer program. And so 
Sarah was one of the individuals that we talked to. And then really after talking with her, I remember very distinctly with the plan that she brought to us. It was kind of a no doubt of like, this is the person that's got to run this program. Um, and, you know, part of that has to do with Sarah's leadership, but her vision as well. And then her crazy organizational skills, which uh, we're going to talk a bit about today. But, um, you know, the big thing, Sarah, welcome. Glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You know, the big thing I remember when you and I talked first about, you know, how we do these programs, I said, you know, Sarah, I, I really want to kind of make this the best summer program around. And at that time, you know, we had summer programs, but they weren't as organized or as detailed. And I can say today that we have the best summer program around. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because of your work, man. It's just been crazy the last couple of years. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I think definitely when I started – we kind of came up with this plan together, and we had an obstacle or two with COVID sure. and um, a few setbacks. But ultimately, I feel like now that we are in 2022, we are thriving for sure. I mean, I, I'm i shocked at how well we're doing and how many offerings we're you know, giving parents, and we're still having a lot of stuff fill up. So... Business is definitely good when it comes to summer at UMS, right? <laughs> I love it. And, you know, part of that is, is you know, as a marketing tool for our school. But really more than that, uh, you know, the kind of origin of that uh, program development really has to do with serving the needs of our families. Yes. You know, our demographics have changed a lot mm -hmm. um, in my tenure, you know, where we had so many parents um, where only one parent worked and the other was a homemaker that were, you know, tasked with taking – right care of the children well now our demographics changed we have so many parents where, where both of them work right and you can see that definitely with how many we have registering for camps um when i started i believe we had maybe 14 camps um outside of our sports camps right and then today you know we've got 48 camps in addition to four day camps going on and in those a lot of them are filling up so you notice this need for care all summer, which I think before we had opportunities for care. I mean, small opportunities here and there, maybe, um, you know, a three-hour camp that's four days a week. But now you can really get that full week of care. You can customize it. Um, and, you know, that age group, that K4, that K5, that K3 age group, there's a high demand for childcare in the summer, and that is definitely a need that we are filling. Um, you know, in addition to offering a lot more variety of options than we had before, um, but you're exactly right. Like, I think we have a ton of parents where both mom and dad are working, and they need that care all summer, and that is kind of where I came in and tried to figure out ways we could help with that. You know, and figuring out ways to help with that, truly, and you mentioned that, customizable and uh, camp brain, all the mm -hmm. things that you use for enrollment to the camps. Um, let's talk a little bit about that customization and, yeah. and let's explain to our listeners kind of really what that means for, for, by, for example, if I had a first grader, for example. Right. So um, we kind of call it mix and matching. So in the summer, you have a lot of camps that are four day camps, Monday through Thursday. And they might be in the morning or they might be in the afternoon. So my goal was to offer a full week of care, but not just going to a day camp yeah. all week. So let's say you've got a first grader, like you mentioned. Um, you might have a first grader who wants to go to cheer camp in the morning. In the afternoon, wants to go to mad scientist. 
The parent doesn't want to pick them up in between and transport them, and the parent might need care after the afternoon camp. Mm. So that kid, we are starting that child at cheer camp. We are transporting them from cheer camp to lunch. You know, we're transporting them from lunch to their afternoon camp, and then we even are transporting them to extended care in the afternoon. Um, You know, so by adding in, you know, a more flexible half-day day camp option, which we call Complete My Day. Um, we're kind of making it a more fun week for those kids rather than just being in one spot all week. Um, so I think that it was a big part is being flexible and figuring out if we can move everything to this time and this time, we can make this cool format of mixing and matching. Um, and we also really take what the parents say to heart. Yeah. Um, at the end of the summer, I send out a survey for parents to fill out And I really look through all of that. I share those results with um, our coaches and our faculty and staff. And um, we really take it into consideration, the feedback that we're getting, because that's our job. I mean, we want to meet the needs of our parents. Um, If we aren't meeting those needs, that's their way to communicate that to us. And we look at that and we go into the next summer um, with a bit of a better plan, um, you know, in those areas that we can work on. So... I mean, we're doing a great job. We have a lot of offerings. Um, I'm shocked at how much, how many have filled up. I mean, we're right now we're going into summer mid-May. Um, we have a lot of kids here this summer, and it's yeah. exciting. Um, it is, and I think too. You know, I think there are really kind of two avenues for that, and one is serving the needs of our families, and the other, right? You know, I think it's very research based in that you, you, you you're. St- these students are so ingrained to being here on campus and learning mm-hmm. different learning ways. Um, and then that's really kind of just, it's a, just a continuation of a school year, mm-hmm. though it's not as structured, we understand. But there's a degree of importance in, you know, not having this uh, time away, right? Right. And, and I think that matters too, that socialization part. Especially with our new students. Yeah. Um, you know, we have this K-3 beginner day camp and we've had over the past few years plenty of children starting K3 that didn't speak English mm. or are new to America. Um, and the great part was is in the summer we formatted that day for that age group to match and prepare them for K3. Wow. So it's yeah. the same nap time. It's the same similar schedules. Um, you know, so it was really helpful for a lot of our new children, especially that younger age of K3 and K4 and K5 that are new, who are in a new place and there's new faces. Um, you know, you don't want to call it a boot camp, yeah, <laughs> but uh, in right. a way it prepares them sure. for what's to come. And then by the time they start in August, there's not as many tears or there's, yeah. you know, you know, they've made that transition, which I think is really awesome. Yeah, and a lot of that has to do, I know, with your vision of, being a classroom teacher and recognizing the need for that, yes, right? So for sure, um, I think that was huge, and especially like you said, with um, we have such a different. We have, I feel like each year more and more, our lower school, especially, or I've worked mostly with lower school, so that's kind of what I'm looking at when I say this. But the diversity across the grade levels is amazing, and I think, you know. Seeing that, and especially, again, those non-English speaking children, I think it's been really cool to see them grow and, you know, make friends in the summer. Yeah. And, and it just makes that transition a lot easier. And um, 
And we also, you know, have some students at our camps that are not UMS students. And right. I think that's a great opportunity for um, those kids to kind of see what it's like at our school, you know, see our staff and kind of get to know us. And I know we've had a few that, um, you know, that joined us last summer that, you know, are going to go to UMS this year. So that's yeah. kind of cool to see um, that we made a positive impact on them. No doubt. I mean, I think you've met every goal. I don't think I know because I've re reviewed that over <laughs> and over with you. You've really met and exceeded every goal that we have, uh, that we've had for, nice for that. very nice of you to say. We have well, more goals. True. Yeah, but, sure you do. But, um, but again, like I had talked with um, Mr. Morris recently about, you know, are, are we still growing or are we at the point where we're just maintaining? Yeah. And I went back and forth with that question, thinking about our facilities and what we're offering and thinking, you know, we've got a good thing going, let's ma maintain. And it's it's just kind of interesting to see that the demand is still even higher than us maintaining. So that's great to see, you know, that that it's go it's going well enough to where I thought we were just maintaining and really we're still, there's still possibilities of growth um, if we're able to handle it. So yeah. really exciting all around. Um, and I'm really lucky to get to do this job. I think um, it was definitely a need and I'm glad to fulfill it for yeah. sure. Well, we're glad that you have fulfilled it as well. I, I for sure uh, am because, um, again, just the opportunities that it presents for our families. And so if someone's interested in, you know, summer programs, whether mm -hmm. they be uh, current students or, or prospective families sure. for us, how, how do they go about doing that? So we have a link um, on our website, uh, org slash summer. Um, and on our website, if you go there, there is our summer brochure and there's also a link to register. Um, and again, if there's any questions, they can email me. Um, my email is sforward at umsright.org. Um, and I can help kind of explain anything or, um, answer any questions they have, but yeah, our website has all that information. Okay. Well, thank you. And again, thank you for really kind of your vision and your work ethic and uh, your ability to execute that vision. So, so important. And I know you have a lot of workers, you, you know, you and I were just talking today <laughs> on making sure that, you know, your directors are all in place and right. your t staff is all in, you know, everything's in place for the summer because really we graduate, you know, on the 26th, yeah. I think. And then summer coming up, summer begins like, about a 31st week, about, a week, like, yeah, about yeah. a week later yeah. a quick turnaround it for is, sure it is um well we i appreciate you taking the time to kind of inform Absolutely. our families again you know if um if you need summer care anything that we can answer for you or, or any suggestions you have you can email any of us here through the podcast or certainly reach out to sarah uh, if you go by her office now i'm just going to tell you she's got <laughs> Uh, one whole wall, this credenza <laughs> on one entire wall, and there have to be 250 sticky notes on uh, there. That's true. It's that unbelievable. True. I, mean, I, I don't have a better system than sticky notes. I've tried <laughs> spreadsheets. I've tried uh, Google Docs. But, yeah, sticky notes seems to be my jam. So I go with what works, right? That it works best for me. Um, <laughs> but, again, I mean, we look forward to seeing everybody this yeah. summer. Um and again, if you have any questions, um, feel free to reach out to me. And otherwise, we will see everybody this summer. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Again, thanks to Brent and Allie for being here. Um, we have a, an, another 30 minutes or so episode coming up on this podcast. And uh, if enjoy talking to Molly, uh, getting to know her. And so we'll be right back with the conclusion of Molly Norman. You've been listening to The Right Way.
Welcome back. We've been visiting with uh, one of our favorite people, Molly Nordman. Uh, Molly has been so influential in so many students' lives, man. And, and, and from, as we talked earlier about leading lower school pep rallies to making sure that the programs are being distributed, that you are responsible for creating, which I know is something that is a huge part of your time. And I know that because you asked me, over and over again to kind of get my narrative written for you, which I know that's coming. <laughs> it and is. I know it's coming. I know it. I'm gonna. I gotta work on that. So I mean, just so many things. But we were talking earlier. I was. I was saying that you know, if you go into your office, you know, I can see there are pictures in there from when you were a cheerleader, and um, you know those kind of things. But there's also your kind of walls are are, are decorated with you know various pictures of you and individual students and teams and those kind of things. I know as a as a as an educator and a teacher you don't have favorites, but who are your favorites? Oh you gosh. Any? I might have to take the fifth on that. Well, I you have probably so do. many of well, them. Well not not your favorites. Let's talk about some that, that uh, bring back some fond memories. When you think about and I know it's not fair, but I mean there gotta be some that really there stand are. out for you. There really are. Um the class of two thousand two I taught in the fourth grade. Oh, okay. And then I taught in the fifth grade. Blair Newman and I were yeah. both fourth grade teachers, and then we moved to fifth grade with that class. And some of the kids were fine with it, and some of the kids were like, oh, not again. <laughs> Two years in a row. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, I love that class. I love those kids. And, tell, and me some, I still tell me some do. names. I, I can't. Ty Buller. Okay. Current right. Foods. Perfect. Barry and Barry Ballard. Yeah. You know, all these kids yeah. that now I, you know, their kids are here, and yes. it's, I, I, I just love it. It's great. It was kind of weird at first, <laughs> but, you know. Man, that when was they a first good class. Now you that think was about a great it. Wow. class. That was a great class. Yeah. And so many of them are, are here. And, you know, the girls, too, Alex Terry uh, Wood mm -hmm. was, was in that class. And, you know, so I keep up with her and some of her friends. Um, I can't name them all. I mean, they're, I'd leave somebody out if sure I did. Sure you would. Yeah. Um, but – that was that was one of my favorite classes. Uh, and then the next year I had a great class, Forrest Rayford and uh, his crew. Um, at the, That year I was teaching, uh, the year that I had them again. So I really taught the class of 2002 in fourth, fifth, and eighth. Mm. And then with Forrest's class it was fifth, seventh, and eighth. And when we were in seventh grade, in seventh uh when he was in the seventh grade, I had him first period in the morning. <laughs> and he came in, they, they came in after, Will Denniston, they, they came in one day and just looked like they had just been beat up. And Forrest looked at me and said, Mr. Nordman, they had whiskers. <laughs> Talking about the people they played in football the day before, they were just big, burly kids, and they were these little seventh graders. So I've always, I've always loved that story. That is so cool. That's funny. And, and, you know, if you look down at your desk, what are the, what are the pictures down there? What are, what are, your, what are the pictures? Give me some. Gosh, they're so covered up with stuff. I have to think about well, that. Well, move some of your junk off your desk. You know. Um, uh, it's not junk, but anyway. Stuff. Stuff. Important things. Yes. Um, I have some pictures of my family. I have some pictures of, um, of my students, lots of my daughter and mm -hmm. certainly my husband. 
Um, but normally, like I just said, they're, that's where I work. I have stuff everywhere. Okay, I can't get you to lead. I can't lead you into a question. I'm going to ask you. I know there's one in there of you and Brandon Gibson. I know it's the two of you. Oh, yeah. Maybe, it, you know, I know there's one, I think, for one of the Terry boys. I mean, there's just some of those I think about when yes. I walk in your office, mm-hmm. and I know those have to yeah, Brandon matter Gibson. to you. Brandon Gibson was, um, he, I taught him, I think, in middle school when I was doing the enrichment classes. And then he, um, he got to be a good friend, and we still are in touch. You know, he'll call me and tell me when he's coming to town and that he wants to come to the game or whatever. And, you know, he's turned out to be such a, such a great guy. Yeah. Really yeah. has. Is, um, do you have a favorite sport? Sort of. Um, football and, and secondly, basketball and mm-hmm. third baseball, sorry. That's fine. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, football has always been great. I've always loved it. I mean, I, Daddy took me to football games when I was like two. Um, is that I mean, what 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 has to take place in your office to make a football game happen? What does that What does that look like? Um, well, on on Monday, uh, I print out a sheet so I'll know what all I got to do. You know, I've been doing it so long, but I still want to make sure right. you know we're cut, touching everything. Um, have to make sure the programs are ready and printed and that they're right which most of the time they're right. Um, and that, that, that doesn't just happen. No, it's a, <laughs> about a four or five month process. And uh, my friend Liz Stokes Terry, who's class of 75, I, she absolutely helps me so much with that, with that program because yeah. her, her pictures are just unbelievable. And um, she helps me a lot. She's got the artsy stuff. Yeah. And that, you know, I, I probably used to have, but I don't have it anymore. You, lost, you left it. You <laughs> it's left gone. It <laughs> um, uh, what else do we do? I, Coach Curtis does a lot more than, you know, he gets the, he makes sure the tickets are there. Well, I guess, I guess we don't use those anymore, do we? Well, I mean, but yeah, but that's part of the process. You know, You've got part gotta, of it. <clears throat> um, yeah. uh, are we going to have a pep rally that week? Um, does it do? I'm trying to think um, because I have the list. You know, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it, it. Yes, it's a it's a lot to lead up to it. Um, I got to get rosters um, ready, get the opposing team rosters ready, and give to Todd Morris, who is the radio, radio. guy, mm-hmm. so that he'll have it. And um, that's with computers and stuff. And what's going on now? It's much sure, easier than it was in 1997. <laughs> well, you know, our schedules are just so, I mean, large. I mean, for lack of a better term, but you know, you 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 will. I'll get something from you. Hey, here's uh, the cross country schedule, or here's a swim schedule, or here's a middle school baseball schedule, and then two hours later, I'm like, mm, here, here's here comes revised. another one. Here's a, here's a revision. <laughs> here's a revision. I told Stephanie, my assistant, I'm like, I don't want any of those schedules from Molly. Cause I don't, you don't trust them. No, not that. I just don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't need all that. You right. just tell me where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be. And if I'm supposed to be covering one, let me know because it is to me, managing that whole aspect of it would be all one person could do. I mean, you could spend all your, all your time. Well, a lot of it yeah. is I know. doing that. And then, you know, now the calendar that we have to put the yeah, games in, yeah. um, that's, a little challenging, but we get it done sure. eventually. Sure. Of course, I'd 
sometimes I don't know that things have changed, and neither does <laughs> Coach Curtis. So yeah, sometimes I'm like, did you know? And he'll go, no, did you know? I heard that conversation today at I'm the sure lunch table. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Just today, right before I walked over here. Um, we're talking a little bit about, you know, you and Brent were talking during the break a little bit about, um, you, you know, transitioning between a student and an employee and, you know, kind of where those um, bookmarks are in your life or buildings or, you know, job responsibilities or relationships, whatever they may be. And you were telling me you, you were actually a part of the class, the first class that went all four years through through rights at the new campus. At is that University correct? Boulevard. At University mm-hmm. Boulevard. And I don't think I, I didn't say it earlier because I mentioned Meredith, but they were actually at one time we had four of you in that class on staff here, right? Yes. Um, Meredy and Lee Baker Pipkin mm-hmm. and Francis St. John Rouse and Meredy and me. I just so... Isn't that, that neat? Yes. I just... I don't, it really is. I mean, and I've known Francis and Meredy honestly since I was... I've known Francis longer than Meredy, so I mean, I knew Francis when we were two, probably, but I met Meredy... Um, her sister took piano lessons across the street from our house on Westwood Street. And so one day she walked over and introduced herself. And, I mean, we were five. You know, I was like, hey, somebody to play with, you know. <laughs> Nobody. And so uh, so we've been friends ever since then. That's so, that's so, I mean, so neat. Um, and we even, you know, she went to Augusta Evans, too. Yeah, yeah, that was, we were talking about that earlier. Y'all mm-hmm. all got bussed over there to Augusta Evans. and It was great. Uh, and then we came to rights together in the fifth grade. So there, w- there was not an uh, an option before fifth grade for elementary school, or was was there at that time at rights? Um, yes, there was. Yeah. Okay. We just, you know, my, I knew I was going to go to rights. Yeah, but that... I think my parents were waiting until the seventh grade, okay. and then I ended up going in fifth. Okay. So. But my grandmother never knew it because she died when I was in the fourth grade, and we just, you know, uh, that always has bothered me. Yeah. Because she didn't know that I went to write that long. Did you like the um, single-sex education? I did. I did. What parts of that were most attractive to you? You didn't have to worry about what you looked like at school. <laughs> That's the biggest deal? <laughs> it was a pretty big deal. <laughs> um, but we did funny things. Like, we had big sister, little sister in high mm-hmm. school. And the 11th grade girls were the big sisters of the ninth graders. And, then, you know, the next year you had the same... Friend. So it really, and our school was so small that we really knew everybody in all the classes, mm-hmm. pretty much, from about sixth grade on, because that's all you saw. I mean, it was small. Uh, there were f- 42, I think, in my graduating class. So some of those teachers you had through your career at Rice, then you later joined on staff here? Yes. Uh, Foy Hannum was our seventh grade and eighth grade and 11th grade history teacher. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from her. Yeah, she's incredible. A lot. And uh, Harriet Lillick was, um, taught me, and I think I only had her my senior year, but I loved her. And Another great, great, great teacher. Man, she was great. Yes. She was great. And she taught us more real-life stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, when we took economics and, you know, we had to invent a family and how are we going to, you know, support the family? Where were we going to work? How much money we were going to, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And it was really, it really was great 
to have. It wasn't just something that your parents told you about. It was the application of information, uh, right? Which absolutely. Is, um, what great teachers do, mm-hmm. and uh, certainly she 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 did that. I, I remember when I came here in '93. One of the I, I, my first year, I, I went to Nashville for the social studies conference with Harriet and Foy. Of course, I didn't call them that. I still don't call Foy that. It to took me a long. I still don't. Time. She she got on to me uh, not too long ago because mm-hmm. I said Miss Hanneman. I said it's probably not going to change. <laughs> um, not it's just because I, there's an awe there. It's not anything. Mm-hmm. But I, anyway, I went with Foy and Harriet and Gordon Duty. Oh man. And Frank Harris and me. I bet y'all had a good time. Uh, it was different. I mean, it was, I mean, I was 24. I mean, it was, I was right out of college. Uh-huh. So we rode up in a red van. The um, red van. The old one of the old red vans. Mm-hmm. And went uh, and stayed at the uh, Opryland Hotel. And um, anyway, it, you know, just being around them, I, I quit. I mean, I think we were to Atmore, and I was like, I am way out of my league. I mean, I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't even know what current events are talking about. <laughs> you know, I was like, mm. anyway. But but all all four of them were 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 great for me to be around. They supported a young teacher. And, oh, I'm sure. And uh, all very different teachers, you know, and, and, uh, but, but, but I agree. So some really, really cool, cool people to be around. And, 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 you know, you, I hope you, you, you take, I hope there's a lot of those that when you look back over your career, as you look back through your career, how, how important have those relationships been with you, with your the people you work with? I mean, I know you mentioned Blair Newman earlier, and that's kind of why I, yeah. I tried to kind of lead into that. Um, I, I'd known Blair all my life, and she came to me one time and said, you know, I, I really think I want to teach. Uh, she had been, you know, not teaching because her children were so young, and, and she really didn't grow up to be a teacher, but she was very good in science mm-hmm. and, um, and loved science and, and English, and that's what she ended up teaching the most of. But I said, look, Blair, I'll tell you what somebody told me. You need to get your foot in the door with whatever they offer you because you want people to know you you want you need to know people and people need to know you you'll be a fine teacher and you just have to come apply you know you just have to apply for a job and and uh one of the teachers I don't know remember who it was had to go out for maternity leave or something that year and and Blair filled in and 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 then she was hired the next year yeah and uh we taught fourth grade together for one year and fifth grade together for three years so uh we had a great relationship it was you know I'm sorry it's I'm sorry what happened to her it was I terrible um but Meredith and I've stayed friends Francis and I've stayed friends um Miss Lilick was Miss Lilick and her daughter Karen Lilick Leon and I were always good friends um she was a year behind me at Wright's, but I always called her Miss Lillick. And when I came to school here, the first thing she said to me was, you may not call me Miss Lillick anymore. And I was like, why? <laughs> I didn't even get it. Uh, and Foy, got, Foy was the same way. You know, she, I said, you were my seventh grade teacher, you know. Is, so, and now I find myself doing the same thing when I see kids coming back. I'm like, Miss Nordman was my mother-in-law. Yeah, please stop. <laughs> please stop. I get that sometimes with Coach. And I'm like, man, I, I hadn't coached since 1999. I, you, you aren't even, there's no way you know me as coach. I mean, even today, but some of the older ones, oh, students yeah. that have come back and they was like, I, I, I can only call you coach. And I'm like, man, that's, I love that. I love that, oh, yeah. that, that term. So, um, 
you know, we all experience that. Uh, but yeah, and and again, I think, you know, when you look across, when you look across the state, um, you go to the athletic. You know, I'm amazed anytime I'm at any kind of event, everybody knows who you are. All the coaches and all the <laughs> principals and stuff. I mean, they they know who Molly Nor. Probably because you do all the Terry's work, but uh, that that's really kind of unique. You know, they, it really is, and you know it. Um, it I started. We started doing those district meetings here. Probably, I don't know, ten years ago. Yeah, probably. About. Um, and so they they're used to getting stuff from me about that. And then you know I go to those conferences in the summer and and see it. And all the girls that, that work at the athletic association up there, you know, on a first name basis, and we chat back and forth a lot. So, um, it is neat. Yeah. It's very neat. I just think your 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 career has spanned. And that's what I was trying to bring out with all these questions. You know, when you look back over your career, how it spans in, in different areas with different people and the influences, it's incredible, Molly. It's incredible. I mean, what a blessed. I'm so blessed. No it's... doubt. I mean, you, you know, and I just think uh, that's when you look back on your life, I'm not telling you to do that now. I'm just saying, you know, that's really kind of what, what we hope we've done, that we've impacted others for good. And, and you've done yeah. that. You've done that. And you continue to do it. Um, you get you and Rudy are still active members of uh, Government Street Presbyterian Church. Mm-hmm. Have been for a long time, right? Yeah, I have been for life. And life. Rudy crossed over the bridge after we got married, which was unexpected. He surprised me with that. Yeah. Um, and Mary Herndon is now an elder in the church. Wow. So, our all these papes we've been talking about. Yeah. That's where everybody went to church. Again, the, the I mean the history the history perspective on that is is really neat and. And I know Rudy used to be really involved with the outreach with uh, from the church. Is he still participating in that? Or able to do that much? You know? um, no, not really. Yeah. He um, he's been on the session a lot, yeah. um, and was I think he's been off now two or three years. Yeah. Um, but you know, he just he he does what he can, yeah. and he does what he what makes other. He he loves helping us. Oh no, no listen, I, there may <laughs> not lo- there may not loves- be a better one. And you know, we. We pull no punches with Rudy. I know that. You know, we, we 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 don't want him to think that we really like him, but you are correct. He's probably got one of the biggest hearts, one of the kindest spirits that, you know, I mean, he takes more, <laughs> more people. <laughs> but, you know, the times he's been to my house to help me or my mom and dad, you know, you just name it. I mean, you know, it's just a matter of uh, it's been an cr- incredible relationship uh, with all of you. And so it's uh, it's been fun. And – I don't want, I'm not going to end this thing on this somber kind of thing. That's, that's not what we intended to do at all. But um, where do you, what do you, what do you take, what do, what do you, where, where's UMS right going to be in 20 years, 25 years? Wow. Um, well, if we keep improving and improving and improving things that you don't know need improving, that, point. that really is where it will be. I mean, whoever dreamed would have a, cafeteria the size of that building going up out there you know when I first started working here the cafeteria was like that one little room in there you know the that was added a couple of years later that other part but um I I just feel like our our children that are here they grow up here and I feel like when they get married and have children they're going to do everything they can to get back get their kids here 
you know, I just, I, I don't see it going away. Some institutions go away. Like, you know, we thought rights was going to go away uh, back in 88. And it didn't. They finally reached an agreement, which we were thrilled with. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of rights alumni were not really wanting to merge. Sure. And when UMS said, okay, well, here's the deal. We're going to have, we're going to. We're going to offer, you know, we're going to let girls in. If y'all don't, if y'all don't want to merge, we're going to, and so that we were very thrilled that it didn't end. Yeah, me too. There's so many traditions from rights that, that from right school, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that are still very important to us. Um, you know, and it's, it's like anything else. I mean, sometimes, you know, those hard things have to happen for progress to take place and that's with, with anything mm-hmm. in the world. And so, um, Listen, I've had a again. We've 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 crushed about an hour. So um, wow, yeah. It's listen. We you you're you're so full of knowledge <laughs> that I enjoy all my time with you. I say that, and just Molly is um she's relentless, man, and um, she is uh, she is someone that if 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 you, we're dependent upon something reflecting well on the school, I never worry. If it comes from Molly, that's just, that's who she is. And to me, that's the attitude that we all need to make sure we have that if, if we are a true reflection of UMS, right. Um, that, that, that we do so in the manner that you have done and your family's done for so long. A lot of, a lot of thank yous go into your, your historical, um, ideas of, of who we are. So mm-hmm. anything you want to add? No, I'm just happy to be here and, Love this place. I, I mean, it's been my home for a long, long time. Do you know I talked to you before, Terry Curtis? Do you know I, I did your podcast before Terry's? Oh, I did that intentionally. Oh, did you know that? No. Yes. No. How about I that? Don't. How about that? I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's gonna go great. It's gonna go great. Hey. We have had a great time with Molly. Once again, we appreciate all of you who take the time to listen uh, to us sit here and, and have conversations about this wonderful organization. And And we will um, continue. We'll have a, a, another podcast up. And, and so we, we want you to make sure you share that wherever you get your podcast. Uh, please share those um, so people can go and listen to those. And um, as always, this is Doug Barber, and you have been listening to The Right Way.